On January 25, 2002, a 20-year-old man leaves his home to join his three co-workers on a surveying crew in Harris County, Georgia. At approximately 1.30 p.m., he was having a conversation 50 feet away from his fellow co-worker. That co-worker glanced in another direction, and by the time he glanced back, the man had disappeared forever. You're listening to the Mysterious Bruce Podcast, and tonight we're bringing you the case of Christopher Tompkins. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, relatively dry basement. We could have started this podcast approximately 35 minutes ago, but it took me that long to get that shitty of a fucking introduction because I can't fucking talk. <laughs> and in the wonderful world of editing, you'll never know. <laughs> Good Lord. It would, it le- yeah, I mean, the podcast tonight would be over two hours long. Because I can't, I be, I be, I be, I be, that's all folks. Like, Well, I'm going to need you to go up there and open the door because my ass is dragging in here. I am fucking exhausted. Let's get this shit, let's get this shit on the road, man. I think we got some five steer reviews. Do we not get any new patrons? No new patrons. Oh, come on, people. But Patreon patrons, our newest patrons, have had their... Stickers mailed out, nice. so you should be receiving them by the time you listen to the podcast. The, did you get the koozies? No, way to let that kid out of the oh bag. Oh my god, you should have got your koozies by now. But somebody ain't ordered them, motherfuckers. We'd like to give a shout out, however, to Mr. Chris Browning. He sent us a gift via the postal service, and he is a true friend. Friend, <laughs> true friend, friend. He's a true friend, friend. He is a true fan because he scoured the earth and found you a t-shirt that you wished you had had. And he sent me a justified mug to drink my coffee out of. Did you give me that shirt? Yes, sir, I did. And you said, man, that's awesome. If I ever go back to that little shit town I'm from, I'm going to wear it. Where the fuck did I put that thing? It's Yeah, he got me the I Hate This Town shirt. It's the most amazing fucking shirt in the world. And I just realized I don't know where it is. Attaboy. I got to fucking remedy that shit. You Mm -hmm. know where I bet it is? It's probably in that basket of laundry that I've been meaning to to put up. Sorry, Chris. I've been drinking out of my mug since I got it. (laughs) I really appreciate my mug. (laughs) No, seriously, Chris, he's a, he's an amazing person. He's done a lot of things for us, and seriously, that is my, it's my new favorite shirt, and I'm just really stupid, and I drink a lot, so I forgot that I had it. I bet, I guarantee you it's in that basket of laundry I haven't put up. I bet it is. It's been, a, you know, about a week or so since, <laughs> since my wife told me to put that up, so. Well, you listen about as well as you talk. Damn, that's an insult. Damn. Cut you deep. Yeah, but no, seriously, I, I, I would, I'm so very appreciative of that because I've always wanted that shirt. And if I ever go back to Chatsworth, Georgia, I don't see myself going back. But if I do, I'm going to be wearing that son of a bitch. Anyway, we got three five-star reviews since we recorded last. We got one from my garlic storm said beer and podcast five stars. These guys crack me up. They are professional. I don't know about that. They are professional and do their research, but also leave a little wiggle room to kind of just wing it and randomly find out more about the case as they're talking about it live. 
<laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like I try to edit the clips out. <laughs> like son of a bitch, she's on to us. <laughs> uh, it makes it the best true crime podcast there is. That's amazing, and even better when you hear about the fifth can crack open and they start getting sidetracked with their stories. Highly recommend to anyone who doesn't just like true crime or mysteries, but just in general, anyone who likes podcasts. That's awesome. Thank you so much. This one, I actually know this person. She happens to be my favorite cousin of all time. And that's not saying much. I don't really speak to my family that much. It's not. I'm not a, I've got that side that I'm I don't a, talk to. I'm not big on family. I should be, but I'm not. Uh, she said, y'all are killing it. Five stars. See what I did there? But it's true. Coach and Arlo, thank you. The banter and authenticity of these two is hilarious. I know they're being genuine because Coach is my cousin and I've hung out with him. And it's exactly like these podcasts. You never know what he'll say or when he will reference that Ray Stevens Pascagoula song. His wife is funny too, and she should be a guest sometime. Keep up the good work, fellas. Thank you. I mean, I do. Cousin. And then we got one from A. Kyle W., five stars, entitled Sheriff Ralph Baker. Listen to your podcast about Billie Jean Phillips. You really should read the book by David Mack, When Money Grew on Trees. We have that book, but we haven't read it yet. You have that book, you bastard. No, I don't. You have it. I have it? Yeah. It's probably with that shirt. God dang it, man. Well, summer's coming up, and I have (laughs) made a conscious effort to read that book and dive into some other cases that are going to take a lot of research so but anyway go ahead man i don't i have all these things and i don't just don't keep up with them anyway it will add more to the story of booger county my parents lived in huntsville for many years my stepdad was one of the doctors in the community and the stories are crazy david mack committed suicide in walmart and ralph baker died mysteriously by the river the book will give you a lot to talk about side note the Mary Jane that came from Booger County was the best I ever had, and the book will let you know what the 400 acres was for. I think that's a marijuana reference. We're not hip to that anymore. I'm shocked that nobody has ever realized how fascinating a story it is. It will give Ozark a run for best series. Billy Bob Thornton would make an excellent Ralph Baker. Enjoy, Kyle. Yeah, we're going to have to get off our lazy asses and read that book and maybe do a Patreon-exclusive because it, we'll just well, it. I don't know. He's, he said he died. He died mysteriously by the river. So if it's unsolved, we could do a whole damn case on it. Anyway, let's get to our case tonight. Well, before we do that, we have a small business shout out. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Miss Tracy Brock Dunford in Baytown, Texas, would like for us to shout out D's Irish Tavern. She is the owner. And they have a brand new deck and outdoor stage. So if you're in Baytown, Texas, or anywhere close, swing on by D's Irish Tavern and tell them Coach and Arlo sent you. I would love to visit that place. I would love to know if it's anywhere near Austin because I'm pretty sure I'll be going to Austin pretty soon. So if it's within 200 miles, I may just swing on by and let them know that Coach sent me. And tonight we're drinking Omaha Brewing Company from Columbus, Georgia, very close to the, the, the side of our case. And we're drinking a Nat Knocker. It is a Munich Helles Lager Pale. Very easy drinking and delicious. 
if I do say so myself. If you're ever in Georgia, please check out Omaha Brewing Company. I believe they're veteran-owned if you support those sort of things. So definitely look into it. So we are talking about Mr. Christopher Carlton Tompkins. He was 20 years old and lived with his mother. And just like every other day, he got up, kissed his mother goodbye, and went to work. He was working as a surveyor for a surveying company. That's that's convenient. It is. <laughs> I tried to, there's not an easy way to say that, you know, to kind of redundant. But anyway, he left for work on January 25th, 2002 and arrived between 8 a.m. and 8, 10 a.m. that morning. And I'm just going to say, like, we cover a lot of strange cases, and especially when it comes to the 411 cases, but this one is wild. Yeah, it is. Chris was working in a four-man surveyor team in what is described as a line formation in a lightly wooded area off County Line Road near Highway 85 in Ellerslie, Georgia. The team moved as a unit, each man spaced 50 feet apart in a line as they worked their way in the same direction through the forest. Chris was the last in the line and had been talking with the man in front of him and were within eyesight of each other. Yeah, it's approximately 50 feet away. And if you really think about it, I mean, what's that, like 18, 17, 18 yards? That's close enough to read some the back of someone's T-shirt. Yeah, they're not screaming at each other. No. They're talking in normal voices, yeah. if not barely raising it. Ha- they're having a normal conversation. That's not far away at all. Though it's a pretty rural road, it's not like... It's not a logging road in the middle of a national forest. Yeah, exactly. It's a paved road. There's traffic. There's... It's clearly visible. to The the environment surrounding the road is clearly visible. So the men took a lunch break and then got back to work. The man who Tompkins had been conversing with looked away from Chris to complete some menial task, and roughly, he states, a minute later, so, you know, give or take 30 seconds, said something to Chris. When he got no response, he looked up and in the direction where Chris was, but did not see him. At first, he thought maybe Chris had stepped to a tree to relieve himself. Which is what? Most most men would do. Yes. (laughs) So he called for Chris a few more times, and still there was no response. It didn't make any sense because Chris had just been there, but now there was nothing, and nowhere he could have gone without being seen. It's important to note that there was no sound. There was nothing to indicate that he had disappeared. There was no scream. There was no, there was nothing. So the man in question let the other team members know, and together they walked down to where Chris had been working. They discover one of Chris's work boots hanging from the top of the barbed wire fence that cut the property with no sign of the other boot. Yeah, it's going to be on, so imagine there's just a regular barbed wire fence, the three strands. It's going to be found dangling from the top strand. So about nipple high. Yeah. Pretty high. Yeah. And that's not the only thing they're going to find. No. Along with the boot, they're going to find just a very few fibers from his work pants. They're going to find his all his work tools laying on the ground. And they're going to find 12 cents. I couldn't. I looked. I couldn't find out what, if it was 
a dime and two pennies or two nickels or 12 pennies or whatever. I couldn't find any information on that. All I know is that he left 12 cents behind. But other than that, there's no footprints. There's no blood. There is nothing. And that was it. It appeared as if Chris Tompkins had simply blinked out of existence. After not being able to find him, they call 911 to report him missing. Well, they're not going to do that for approximately four hours. Which everything that I researched was like, oh my God, I can't believe they waited waited four hours, blah, 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 blah. That seems pretty normal to me, that they're actually going to look themselves. They're going to try to find, like call out his name, look for him, be like, what the, like, in my experience, even though I don't commit crimes, I don't want police involvement in anything. No, and it could have been, now, it wouldn't have taken four hours, I don't think, but... If you just go about, you know, how would you handle this situation? More than likely, they probably just turned around and started walking back to the truck to see if he had gone back to the truck. Yeah, probably. And once they got back to the truck they and realized he wasn't there, then they spread out. They said, well, we got to go back and let's try to find him. So they go back to wherever they were at, and there's no telling how long that took them to walk in because we're not given a distance. And then they would have spread out and then started walking away from what they presumed was his course or his direction from that barbed wire fence. And knowing me, if I was there, I'd probably be pissed at this point. I I wouldn't realize the gravity of the situation. I'm like, this asshole's keeping us from doing our gerb. We should already be done by (laughs) now. He take our gerbs. (laughs) But the police tell them that they cannot investigate until after a 24-hour time period has passed. I'm so at odds with this, that rule. I am too because I know it's an adult and it's free will and they can do whatever they want to, but the 24-hour time period, once you determine, if if I called the police and was like, look, dude, this guy vanished. We found a boot, ripped, we now know is his work pants and his tools, we need some help. Upon hearing that, I feel like normal police situations would have sent out at least a deputy or an officer to take statements and see if there was anything that they could do. And then once they realize the situation, then start your search then. Now, like Coach stated, some... Well, here, yeah, but let me, let me interject here about the reason why I'm at odds with this. It's because I have to I have to think about the reason why that rule exists. Like how many times before the rule existed or the law existed that police responded in mass to a missing person and the and the little fucker was just hiding or didn't have a cell phone and went to the store. Like how many false reports were there? There had to be a lot. A lot yeah. until they finally put their foot down and was like, look, man, we, we can't spare the resources for all this. But at the same time, man, when I hear like a legitimate missing persons case where the cops have said that, it's infuriating. And I, along those same lines, you're, you're looking at a time frame. So let's say they take lunch. They look for him for four hours. 
if they took lunch at 12, it's 4, going on 4.30. If they had said... Well, you went missing around 1, is what I, my research said. So if... Yeah, and it, yeah so... so we're it, talking 5 o'clock. If they can't find him, why wait till 5 o'clock? And it's January in Georgia, so the sun's going to set pretty quickly. And they're on the yeah, uh, eastern or western true. side. It's probably not very cold, but it's definitely going to get dark quick. Yeah. So it's a little bit more... You know, they probably have an hour of daylight. Why wait 24 hours? Why not wait 12 hours right before sunrise? You know, and in the 12-hour, if you if you go on the 12-hour rule, then you're looking at, well, it could be the middle of the night. or did it, You know, I'm kind of like you. It's You're kind of torn between how long is long enough to see if they turn up versus we waited too long to find some clues. And and I mean the 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 person that I am wants to be mad at that. Wants to be mad like you you guys didn't do your job. This guy's been missing for 17 years and it could have been prevented blah 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 blah, but I mean you have to consider the reasoning behind it. Now, like Coach stated, some reports state that it was four hours after he vanished that one of the other surveyors called their boss to say that Chris had vanished. Now, Chris's mother was not told about the incident until after the 911 call. I had heard as early as 4.15, and I had read as late as like 8 o'clock that night. Yeah, it was definitely a long time, but... I mean, you can justify that by saying, you know, maybe it took a while for the boss to find his emergency contact information. Maybe it took a while for him to, you know, under- well, I read somewhere understand the gravity. Of the There's some factors into it. Maybe we can pull the website up again, but somewhere I read that I think the mother babysitted the boss's kids. Hmm. Not 100% sure on that one, but I think... That is true. Anyway, back to the story. So when the authorities finally began their investigation, they did not find any additional clues as to what had happened to Chris. Now, fast forward five months, and a local farmer was walking his property, and he finds a lone boot in the edge of a swamp on the edge of his property. And it turns out that that is Chris's missing work boot. Now, the man lived 900 yards from where Chris had gone missing. I mean, you're just under a mile, and all they find is a boot, nothing else. Yeah, it it was what, how many, it was like a month? Five. Five months? Five months after the fact, 900 yards away, and that's the last thing they ever find. Now, one of the first ideas was that Chris had been the unfortunate recipient of foul play. Now, the surveyors would come under scrutiny because they waited four hours to report him missing, which people looked at as that was more than enough time for them to murder Chris and dispose of the body and allow them to get their story straight. While this is probable, it's not very likely because there was there was not a motive 
to be seen, to be found, anything. There was no evidence of foul play, and none of the other surveyors were ever seriously interrogated or investigated on the matter. Now, one of the surveyors did retain a lawyer a week into the investigation, but that's not really a red flag. That's, on his part, that's probably being smart, because you don't know, this is rural Georgia, you don't know what's going to happen. You're just a surveyor, so... Yeah, that to me being a logical person some people jump to the conclusions like oh he hired a lawyer he's guilty no he's being smart he will get effed in the a if you don't have a lawyer walking you through everything i mean i I know the tom segura joke about how he watches the first 48 he's like 98 percent of them don't get lawyers and they all go to jail and he's like the two percent that get lawyers they're like daquan was (laughs) released on no charges like you need someone to navigate you through the legal system. And if you don't think so, just look up that famous case called the West Memphis Three. Oh, yeah. Because they will hypothetically question your ass and then turn your answers into a motive. Yeah, like, I don't care if I get taken in for jaywalking. The first thing I'm saying is lawyer. Yep. That's, well, that's the only thing I'm saying. Lawyer, get me a lawyer. So, yeah. Don't jump to conclusions thinking this man's guilty just because he got a lawyer. No, that is smart. And anyone listening, you should do the same. And don't be one of those, well, I don't have anything to hide. I'm just going to answer their questions. There's a lot of people sitting in prison that just answered some questions. Yep. And, yeah, they will just literally ask you questions in a manner that will confuse you and get you to incriminate yourself. And how many times have you read or seen on investigative programs that they invest they interrogate you for eight ten twelve hours at a time and then they throw that in there well if you'll just tell us the truth you can go home mm. but anyway yeah you see that uh making a murder that's not that damn dumb son of a bitch just wanted to go home and watch wrestlemania <laughs> and they're like yeah just tell us tell us you did it and we'll let you go home and so he did and so he did yeah no lawyer the fuck up don't be stupid now the old tried and true idea that chris had simply walked off the job and run off to start a new life was one of the other pertinent (laughs) ideas and supposedly his boss claimed that chris had been acting strangely in the days leading up to his disappearance but mama topkins says "Uh uh-uh hold the presses And she is quoted in an article in the Ledger Inquirer stating, Chris lived with me and I saw him every day. There was neither strange behavior on his part or any distress, end quote. Many of his friends and family would insist that Chris had been a well-adjusted, happy individual and his co-workers painted a picture of a respectable, hardworking man. There's also the question of if he did walk away, then how did he manage to do it in full view of three other men? And why did he do it minus one boot? All the while... With no sound. (laughs) No sound whatsoever. All the while leaving behind 12 cents. I mean, he may have needed that 12 cents. And you could have pawned the tools, bro. Now, the other knee-jerk idea that was hypothesized was that he was attacked by a wild animal. But we know 
that this was not the case because there was no evidence of a struggle or injury or, as coaches alluded to, a sound. <laughs> so the main theories are, like I stated, Chris walked away. But there's some issues with that one. Why remove your boots? And while, granted, it's not going to be that cold in January near Columbus, doesn't matter. You're not going to be walking around in the woods without any shoes on. It was 59 degrees that day, so it's not exactly socks or barefoot weather. Well, and also, why leave I, one I mean, boot? I don't know. That could probably be barefoot weather until the damn sun goes down. But then you're gonna be cold. Now, the other one was if you follow, if you are a you like this theory. The other thing is he would have walked off the site without the other three noticing him walking away. And he was communicating with the man in front of him. I mean, they were mid-conversation. You know, it's a work conversation. You can't just sit here and talk like we're talking, but you're going to say something, then you're going to do a little bit of your job, then you're going to turn back and continue. So, I mean, they're mid-conversation. And there's nothing. Now, if you do follow this theory, why hasn't he been heard of, heard from in 16 years? Or a sighting. There's been no sightings of this man. There's been no use of his um, Social Security. There's been nothing on his bank account. There's nothing on credit cards. There has been no financial transactions whatsoever coming from him. And you could be sitting there saying, Self, what if he walked off and then he had some kind of tragic accident? Well... Beyond the small amount of evidence that was found near the barbed wire fence. It ain't 16 years, pal. It's 19. I'm sorry. 19 years. I apologize. (laughs) There's not been any inkling of this man being alive, being in a new identity. Nothing. Now, the fact that his shoe was found where it was would indicate one of two things to me. Either he hung it there purposely, which I don't know why on God's green earth you would do that, or something took him and lifted him, and as they did, his shoe got hung and came off. But good God almighty. That's a big something. That's a big something, or a powerful something. Well, and then the other theory is if he walked away, maybe he had a mental break. Well, if that's the case, he would have been seen by someone. Well, his, he would have had an interaction his, with his, somebody. Yeah, his mom disagreed with that. His coworkers would t- would their statements said that he was fine. His uh his boss would say that he was acting a little strangely beforehand, like in the week like the week coming up to it. But that doesn't indicate anything. And strangely, could have just meant meant that he was quiet that week. Yeah, or he could have been a little more goofy. Or he could have been ill as hell. Yeah, or he could have been pissed off about something. Basically, any mood that's different than, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The normal? Well, I would say normal, yeah, but I was trying to think of a better word for it. But like, yeah, your normal mood, anything that differs from that could be qualified as acting strangely. And there's not anything out there that I could find that really interviewed the boss. It was all that I found was he just stated that he was acting strangely. Yeah, that, yeah, pretty much all my research was just that statement as well. He was acting strangely. 
which, and I mean, that could have been CYA, man. He could have been covering his ass just in case. True. Something, you know, you're definitely going to be, if you're an owner of a business, if you're not worried about lawsuits, what the fuck are you worried about? You know what I mean? So he's probably trying to, if the statement is not genuine, which again could have been any change of attitude in any way, happy, sad, glad, mad, whatever. If he's saying that, he could just be caught covering his ass trying to avoid a lawsuit. That's a very normal thing to do. Now, the other main theory was foul play, and we kind of discussed that. But there's not any evidence to support this, or there's not been any evidence released to the public to support now, this. Now, granted, if it was foul play, it could have... They did have the time. They did have the capability of hiding a body and getting rid of it, but there's just no indication of why. Did... From all uh, from all accounts, he had a normal relationship with these three guys. Yeah, he didn't have a drug problem. He didn't have a gambling he didn't problem. Ha- yeah, he didn't, he didn't have, have any child problems. support. He never fought. He didn't fight with them. There wasn't any clear beef with these people. So, what what are you trying to tell me that the guy closest to him something happened? They got in a little argument and he killed him, and then got the other two guys to tag along and. Help him hide a body. And as we have stated many, many a times, and we will keep stating, it's easy for three people to keep a secret if two of them are dead. That's true. I mean, how many co-workers have you had that you would be willing to hide a body with? Not many. Maybe, you know, when we work together. But other than that. Outside of you, <laughs> maybe two more. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to assume that the relationship with these three guys was so strong that they're willing to, A, commit murder, B, hide a body, and C, make up a wild, outlandish story that hardly anybody would believe because it's unbelievable, and then D, literally keep it secret forever. For 19 years. Yeah, that's very unlikely. Now... The other main theory is the unexplained accident or abduction. Now, this case was... I don't know if you... I don't know how you have an unexplained accident where you disappear. Like, there's going to be some evidence. Now, this... Wouldn't you think? I agree with you. This story gained the attention of David Pilatus in one of his missing 411 books. I believe it was the Eastern... It should have been, and you know, he definitely um, focuses on the national parks, and this is not near a national park, but it is close to a state park, Franklin D. Roosevelt State Park, near uh, Hot Springs, not Hot Springs, uh, Warm Springs, Warm Springs, (laughs) not as hot, but it's pretty close to that, which is managed by the National Forestry Service, but it is actually a state park. And there was water, the swamp, so that's another tick off the, the old checklist. But anyway, I digress. Well, you also got to talk about how the, the you know he's out of his shoes, which is a big um, tick on the list of uh, missing 411. He was also 
interacting with other people and then suddenly disappeared. He um, was either the first or the last in the line. Yep, he was he was the last in the line. That's true. Yeah, and the boots thing is people have not theorized, but they kind of explain it as they were knocked out of their boots by some amazingly forceful entity. Yeah, but yeah, I saw that theory as well that maybe he was hit by a car and it but there was no cars reported, but he was hit so hard it knocked him out of his boots. Well, I promise you, if you are struck by a car so hard that your laced up work boots come off, there's a foot still in there. Yeah, there's going to be evidence. There's going to be some blood. There's going to be some forensic evidence to prove that theory. And plus, I don't give a damn how fast a car's traveling. It is not going to knock your boot 900 yards away. And I don't see a car traveling through a barbed wire fence. Uh, no, not at all. And it stay intact. But so, yeah, that doesn't make sense. But, I mean, the car theory doesn't make sense. But. Well, it mean he wasn't hit hard by something. Right. And Chris's coworkers, of course, didn't hear anything. We have stated that numerous times. So that kind of rules that out. Yeah. And like, I know I'm going to talk about it later about a theory of Bigfoot. But you would think that he would make a sound if it was animal predation. A lion, mountain lion, a Sasquatch, a bear. A fucking werewolf of some kind. Beast of Bray Road. Yeah. That he's going to make a sound. But I'll, I'll argue later, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say it now, that maybe he was in so, so shocked at what he was seeing. He was unable, unable to make a sound. But you would think the animal itself would make a sound. There are some more far far out theories that have made the rounds on the internet. One is that it was a grand conspiracy that Chris had seen something out there that he was not supposed to and was silenced by some mysterious party, and the authorities are all in on it. Now, that would explain the time gap before authorities and the family was informed, but the conspiracy theory of everybody's going to keep quiet. I what just don't he, get it. What could he have seen? Down that, there? I don't know. That would have justified something like that. In 2002? I have no idea. If it was 1980, then he... <laughs> I don't know. Now, even weirder is an idea that some mysterious and enormously powerful force had picked him up and carried him off with his belongings snagged on the fence as he was carried off. And you have to keep in mind that if he was carried off, it would have been... Him being snagged on the fence, somehow the boot comes off and not there's no blood or anything, but also he's lifted up high enough that the change falls out of his pocket. Well, I'm saying, I mean, here, here's my argument for that theory, if it was Sasquatch. He's so terrified he can't make a sound. The Sasquatch is so big and so powerful that he lifts him up no problem. And he, he clearly, he just walks away with him. Or he kills him so fast that he's unable to make a sound. And he, he walks away, and he's there to go and consume him at his leisure. But, on that same token, wouldn't you think an animal big enough to pick up a grown man 
and carry him off with ease would leave some sort of sign. I, mean, I agree with you. If, I mean, we're talking a 170, 180-pound man being carried off by a creature that's got to be at least twice his weight. You're going to leave an indention in the ground, at least something. The grass is going to be broken and flat. There's going to be some sort of sign. Now, the list would go on and on on the interwebs that cover ghosts, UFOs, and like we've discussed, maybe a Sasquatch. There was even an idea that it could be some sort of vortex or a rift between dimensions. Now, see, that would be my most likely answer. But at the same time, I don't, I don't get the shoes. I don't either. Why are the shoes left behind? And then the last one that I saw was that it was the workings of an ancient Native American spirit or curse from the days of when the Native Creek tribe were massacred and driven from the land. Well, I, that I would tie in with the vortex thing. That I would t- I would say that if that is true, that what they're referring to is most likely a vortex. Now, Christopher Carlton Tompkins was born on December 28, 1981. He stood 5 feet 7 inches, weighed 124 pounds. Oh, well, still. And had a tattoo of an ice cream cone bearing the name Chris on his right arm. I'd like to hear that story. When last seen... Maybe he's cool as ice, man. True. Cool as ice. Ice cold. Cream. When last seen, he was wearing a black shirt, a blue and gray plaid jacket with a gray hood and navy blue Dickies work pants. And that is where the blue fibers come from on the barbed wire fence. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the story of Christopher Tompkins. Now we get into our theories. Yeah, that's 19 years with nothing. Not even a hint. His mother is going to state that she believes in her heart that my son is no longer alive. However, she is seeking closure. She said, I need to know what happened that day and where my son's body is. She would like to put him to rest. But man, that's just... There have been several... I read... How do you how do you explain this? From any rational point of view, without... If you say to yourself, I don't believe in anything supernatural, anything cryptozoological, anything of that nature, how do you explain this rationally? You yeah, can't. You can't because we've already disproven, I guess, if you want to say that, or the whole the only, foul play thing. The, that, that's what I was going to say. The only thing you could say is, well, they clearly killed him. They clearly hit his body. That's a, the only rational explanation I can come up with. But I would dis, I would argue about it with the fact that why did they kill him? Why did they agree to all cooperate and hide the body? And how the hell are they keeping this secret this long? And the most important thing is why would they come up with that crazy-ass story? And the other thing that I, you know, go back on with the foul play is it seemed as if there he had no vices. He had no enemies. He's a normal dude. He's just normal He's just dude. working his 8 to 5, 9 to 5 and, yeah. and going about his business. He wasn't in a love triangle. He didn't get into a bar fight. He didn't piss off some motorist. He's no, I just don't. He's literally working one minute, and the next minute, he vanished from the face of the earth. Without his shoes. Without his shoes. And then that's, again, 
how do you explain the one shoe being 900 yards away? Why? You know, you can explain the one shoe coming off if you if you take the Sasquatch route or you take the alien abduction route. Well, as they were pulling him up or whatever force took him, it got hung and it came off. How do you explain the other shoe being 900 yards away? What happened there? And I go back to it on the foul play. From what I read, there was an extensive search done of the area. Your conspiracy theory now has to go into the authorities and you're talking about even more people keeping a secret about a man that no one can tell you had anything nefarious or questionable in his background. Well, maybe, I mean, I'm not, that's, I'm not trying to attack his character, but maybe there was something he was had, he had going on that nobody knew about. And that could be possible. Well, and that, that would go back to acting strangely, but again, you would think that he would have confided in someone and that someone would have come forward by now. That's an excellent point because, I mean, it's always like you have to tell somebody. You have to find somebody you can trust and let them know what's going on. It makes you, it makes a world of difference. Just for someone to listen. To at least, yeah, to at least vent for a second and let people know what's going on. It makes a world of difference for your mental health. And I think a lot of people do do that. And going back on the acting strangely, that could have been it. He could have vented to his boss about something that his boss thought was minute, but in Chris's reality, it kind of set him off. But you don't know because there's no information out there. There's never been an interview that I could find with Chris's boss. I don't know. I just This is a head-scratcher, and all these 411 cases are head-scratchers, to be honest with you. But this one especially because there's nothing there to indicate anything that is logical. And the thing that really gets to me is the fact that it's in our home state. It's very, it's fairly far away from us. Columbus is a good drive from us, but still it happened in our state. Someone is able to vanish from the face of the earth with no explanation in the same state we lay our heads down. That it's that's crazy. I I don't have. I mean, we're going to get into our theories, or I yeah, because the only thing that my brain will rationalize this is that he literally stepped into another dimension. There was a time slip, there was a, f- a tear in the fabric of space and time, and he literally just stepped into another dimension or another time and he's just gone and i i agree with you because i there's that story of i don't know when it was but supposedly a farmer like vanished and they heard muffled sounds of him talking i am very glad you brought that up his name is orion williamson and yes this is a story not too far away from there but orion williamson was a farmer who lived with his wife and son in a farmhouse in selma alabama one sunny July afternoon in 1854, he was sitting on his front porch with his family. As neighbors, Armour Wren and his son James were passing by, Orion stood up to move his grazing horses to the shade. He briefly stopped to pick up a small stick, which he absent, absently swished back and forth as he walked in the ankle-deep grass. Orion waved to his neighbors and took one more step and simply vanished into thin air. 
Hardly able to believe their eyes, the Williamsons and the Wrens ran to the spot that Orion disappeared and searched for any sign of him. They found none. Most of the grass in that spot was gone too. After hours of, hours of futile searching, Orion's shocked family and neighbors went for help. A search party of 300 men was formed, and they carefully and repeatedly combed every inch of the field. Later, bloodhounds joined the search. No sign of Orion materialized, even though the effort continued well into the night. As news of the inex inexplicable vanishment spread, more volunteers and a team of geologists arrived. They dug up the field to see if the ground was in any way unstable or unusual. There was only solid rock and a few feet there was only solid rock a few feet below the surface. No holes, no crevices, no cave-ins, nothing that could explain the event. Reportedly, Mrs. Williamson and her son could hear Orion's voice calling for help for weeks afterwards, though it grew fainter and fainter. Each time they would rush out into the field only to find nothing. Gradually Orin's voice faded into a mere whisper, then disappeared forever. After no amount of searching turned up anything, the judge declared Orion dead. The following spring, it said a circle of dead grass appeared to mark the spot of the unlucky farmer's disappearance. The German scientist Maximilian Hearn, author of the book Disappearance and Theory Theft, speculated that Orin walked into a spot of universal ether. He believed these places lasted a few seconds and could completely destroy all matter within them. Another scientist theorized that a magnetic field had disappeared disintegrated Orion's atomic structure and sent him into another dimension. Years later, a traveling salesman, salesman named McHatton rewrote the Williamson disappearance. In his story, Orion's name became David Lang, the place changed to Gal Gallatin, and the date was moved to 1880. Even though the Lang story is fictional, apart from the basic facts, it has been presented as true in newspaper articles and books by authors who didn't do their homework. Consequently, it's better known than the real vanishment behind it. And that comes from a website called The Mythic and Paranormal, Paranormal Realm. And that is essentially the quote-unquote true story behind the David Lang disappearance. And man, is that some scary shit to me. And with uh, the Christopher Tompkins case, definitely see them as very similar. And it's equally as terrifying that you could literally just be doing your normal activities, normal life, and suddenly you take one wrong step and you're fucking disintegrated. Though it makes no sense, there's a lot of shit that happens in this world that makes no sense. So why could that not be possible? If Epstein hung himself, <laughs> I mean, this could be. I'm just oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> but. No, I. I. I don't get I don't, almost all of these four one. I know you've read the books, and Pilatus never comes out and says it's Bigfoot, but he hints at it. My he does, thing, he does hint at it, but there's several cases that even he would admit that Bigfoot makes no sense. Most of these four one one cases, I feel like you are stepping into an like another reality, one that maybe you can see them the people looking for you, but they can't hear you. You can't make mm -hmm. anything about it. And then there's the, well, the one-offs where... We covered cases like that when we did the, the the disappearance in Arkansas where she got lost in the woods. She made the claim that she called out for help and they just didn't, they didn't look at her. They didn't react. They just kept on doing what they were doing. So, I mean... We could sit here for another 30 minutes. Here's the, th here's the thing, though, is I want to stay grounded. 
I want this podcast to stay grounded except for the Bigfoot stuff because <laughs> we believe that it's reality. But why not accept the idea that something crazy could happen? Why not accept the idea that another dimension exists and people could step through it? And if you are interested in those dimension things, there's like, there's a guy that's done one that oh, yeah. goes all the way out to Levitt dimension. And then he, he does a good job explaining the difference between a first dimension, second dimension, third dimension. And about the fourth or fifth is when my brain just can't handle it. Yeah. There's a limit to it. You have to send me that stuff. It's pretty cool. Cause he starts off with the first dimension is an ant on a string. Yeah. And it, it, he does a great job explaining this is, you know, according to the ant, this is it. Yeah. But you know, and then he, expels on that but good god i mean your brain will hurt but anyway i'm sure i'm sure it will but again i mean not even just dimensions i mean why not another parallel universe well and this is going to be part of what i recommend but i go back to that the whole skinwalker thing where they saw the nids people saw that portal open up yeah and then the farmer had seen it numerous times yeah there's creatures. And the dire wolf walks out or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, it's crazy, but. If you're, if you're going to buy into a religion that states that God created the, the, the heavens and the earth, why not accept that maybe he did it a few times? Maybe he did it an infinite number of times. And, or if you're going to be a scientist and you're going to say the Big Bang Theory created the, the, the universe. Well, couldn't that, exp- couldn't that Big Bang Theory created multiple at the same exact time. I mean, you're going to accept that the universe. We got it right one time. The universe is infinite. And it expands on itself. It, it keeps expanding. It keeps getting larger. And there's trillions upon trillions upon trillions of stars. But you're not, you can't accept the fact that there might be another one. Or ten. Or a hundred. Or an infinite amount of universes. I mean, when you start thinking about this shit, it gets super fucking complicated and your little tiny human pitiful little brain can't accept it. No. Like, have you, like, this is similar. Way off topic. Similar, but but off topic. But have you ever seen, like, there's a website that shows you what a Googleplex is, like a hundred to the hundredth power. So a hundred times, yeah, like... Well, it's kind of like the diff- people have no... Like, you can scroll for years, and you won't reach the bottom. It's like people have no concept of the difference between a million and a billion. Oh, yeah. It's like a million is like, what, 11 days. Oh, hold on. Let me... Let me. We Now, while you look that up, I had a chemistry teacher when I was a wee young lad, and he had, and I can't remember exactly how it went, but basically... How long would it take one eye droplet of water to evaporate from your hand? And if you take the rate of evaporation in a normal humidity, it's something like 500 centuries. They've established that the universe has trillions of of, um, galaxies with trillions of stars in them, okay? But a million seconds is 12 days. It's a long time. A billion seconds is 31 years. And it's hard for people to, to grasp that. But a trillion seconds 
is 31,688 years. And there are trillions of galaxies with trillions of stars. First of all, we're not alone. I think my recommendation will almost is going to counteract this opinion, but I don't think they're coming here. But we're definitely not alone. And there's definitely, if there's that much shit out there that we know of, what 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 do we not know of? Well, it's the whole thing of, and I'm sure people have seen that meme, and you've seen it, or or the little poster that shows the iceberg. What or the little pie chart? What you know is mm-hmm. very small. What you know you don't know is also small. Mm-hmm. What you don't know you don't know, yeah, is expo- exponentially yeah. big. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. And so, I mean, tying this back into the case, getting back to our point. How could there not be another dimension? How could there not be another universe? How could there not be all these things? But do we have access to them? Is there a shift? Like, is there a tear? Is there is there a thin place where it's possible to walk through? I've heard rumor. I've heard uh, not rumors, but theories that explain ghosts as not actual ghosts, but uh, very thin places in space time so you're actually seeing uh people in another dimension and i've heard the same thing when it comes to aliens that they're more terrestrial they're interdimensional right they're interdimensional rather than extraterrestrial right. right which to me as far as i'm concerned makes more sense than aliens being 27 light years away yeah, yeah just the just the distance I believe strong, more strongly that the fabric of space-time can get so thin that inter, interdimensional beings can walk through more so than I believe that they're traveling that far because it is just an astronomical amount of distance, honestly. All right, so now that we have solved all the world's problems, <laughs> we're going to get into our recommendations, and I alluded to it, but... My recommendation is if you've never watched the History Channel thing on Skinwalker Ranch, do yourself a favor and watch the first season because our Dr. Taylor from Huntsville is hilarious, but he becomes a believer that something's weird going on out there about episode two of the first season. The second season has just started, and it is off the chain at the stuff that's going on out there now. But yes, that is my recommendation. Okay, so my recommendation is going to be a YouTube video, not not exactly a page. If you want to follow the page, do do whatever the fuck you want. But no I judging. Sent, I sent the video to you, which I'm certain you didn't watch it because you don't ever watch anything I send you. But on May 16th, 2021, the YouTube page 60 Minutes. It was on the television show as well. If you want to get on uh, the uh, uh, on demand or whatever, but this is the actual segment broken down to just 13 minutes. It's Navy pilots describe encounters with UFOs. And it talks about the videos that were released by the Department of Defense that show unidentified aerial phenomenon or UAPs because they can't... They can't bring themselves to say UFOs. They just can't bring themselves to say (laughs) UFOs. And they actually show the videos and they interview the pilots that encountered them. Yeah, they did. I've seen the interview before. Is it, what do you mean before? Is it came out four days ago, jackass? No, they interviewed it on either the Science Channel or no, they National didn't. Discovery. Interviewed the no, pilots. No, no, they didn't. And that the one pilot had his wingman, which was a woman, 
And she See, you got it wrong. You didn't watch the video. The woman was the pilot. And they were interviewing the woman pilot and the pilot in the other plane. They did not interview their seconds. So you wrong. No, you a lie. They didn't have a you a lie. Jump seat, dumbass. There was two different planes. Yeah, then there was two other people behind them. They interviewed the actual two pilots. And the one pilot was a female, oh not God, the secondary. Go. <laughs> anyway, the interview that I watched. You a lie. <laughs> they interviewed the female pilot and another yeah, pilot. Pilot, thank you. And they were talking about the Tic Tac, how it jumped back to the point. The jump. What, I, how, what did they call it? The the original, when they say, hey, we've got something out here. They called it something because they were in those war games. It's at this. And well, they mm-hmm. chase it. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it blinks out and it it's back. Blinks out and it blinks out. Yeah. On the interview, they, they state, if you'd watched it, you know. Um, it's been a while they since They state that it blinked out and then they recovered uh, sight of it. 60 miles away within seconds i mean well that the one famous one where it shows they get that lock and then all of a sudden yeah it's gone it's crazy and they're so like they they point out that they lost their composure like they're like whoo like, was one of the guys that he had glasses yeah the, yeah he yeah. is he like He's adamant in the interview I watched about how he had to kind of go back and like rethink his whole. It kind of shook him to his core. Yeah. So yeah, watch that. It's it's only thirteen minutes, but it is fascinating. And they they talk about how now the Senate has gotten involved and they have mandated that the Department of Defense put out a report and let them know what's going on. Well, you know Harry Reid before he left, he's a big proponent in this mm-hmm. whole thing. You know behind. Mm-hmm. Now that he's out of politics, he and what's the other guy? The he was like an assistant director of something. Him, the Alejandro guy, Harry well, Reid. They interview Marco Rubio on here very briefly, and he's uh, he's even though you know he's Marco Rubio, he's still saying that it's important that we find this out. If anybody that enters our space that we don't know, right, and that's how they're it's talk- a threat. That's what they're talking about now that the way I read it or took it was it's a foregone conclusion they're here. What they want to know is how they can move that fast. And if they decide to do something, how are we going to counteract that threat? And I mean, they don't allude that much to aliens. They interview one guy that's talking about, okay, it could be Russia, it could be China, but we need to know who it is, why they're doing it, and how how they did it. It's like it's it's funny that if they were a fighter jet, they would take it very seriously. But since it it's it's not normal, they kind of just oh okay whatever. It's like that doesn't make sense. We need to take it seriously. And so, yeah, watch that video. It's freaking awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, those are our recommendations. Hopefully, you will take us up and check those out. You got anything else there, Slappy? No, man, I'm good. Deuces.